and welcome back to the 2019 Miami Dolphins regular season. You are listening to the dulcet sounds of the 2019 Miami Dolphins in-depth podcast featuring star of show Adam Beasley. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the fun that never ends. I am Caddio Show, Armando Salgado. I would have to say that introduction is going to be by far the most exciting part of the next week, don't you think? Um, (laughs) It's going to be perhaps the most exciting and definitely the least interesting. So the Miami Dolphins... And the Washington, the mighty Washington Redskins. This would be a great game in 1973. (laughs) This would be an awesome game in 1983, around January. In 2019, hmm, how the mighty have fallen, Adam. Yeah, it's not the toilet bowl, Armando. It's the Tua Bowl. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of those. There's going to be quite a few of those. Let's uh, let's start with the Redskins if we can. So is this the first week that the Dolphins are facing a team in greater upheaval than themselves? Oh, without question. Um, and we don't know how the rest of the season might play out, but this might be the only time all year that the team they're facing is in – much worse shape. Look, when uh, the president of the team, the day that he fires the head coach after five and a half years, says, I think we have damn good culture, and everybody internally laughs that was at that press conference, you know it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what, you know, I don't know why uh, teams say and do stupid things, but the Redskins do have uh, a, the market cornered on saying and doing stupid things. Having said that, they have a better roster than the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they tried to win this year, so they're going to have real players. They, they you know, I look at, um, so I get it. They're not a good team, but... I believe that they're not they haven't maximized on the talent that they do have. When when you look at guys like Ryan Kerrigan, um, you know, they got the rookie from Ohio State, Terry McLaurin. Um they got Vernon Davis, Morgan Moses is a is a solid guy. Brandon Scherf is a solid guy up front as well. Adrian Peterson is on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Reed is on that team. They've got good players that if, like, for example, if this was the 2020 offseason, I would want the Miami Dolphins to go after Brandon Scherf in free agency. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they have, I think uh, Montez Sweat's going to be a good player at some point in his career. They've got... They got players. The question is, do they have do they have names or do they have talent? And I, I think that's kind of been the Redskins' issue for years and years and years. They would they would acquire a bunch of names, and on paper, you're like, wow, why is that team not better than it is? And then when you realize, oh, they overpaid grossly for Josh Norman, and you know they've got and, and, and let's be honest, like if, if if Alex Smith didn't go through what he went through 
this could be a completely different team. Uh, they were competing for the playoffs last year uh, before he broke his leg. Uh, so they've got a little bit of bad luck in the quarterback situation, certainly unsettled. Uh, but, yes, I agree that if you were – if you would say to uh, Chris Greer, throughout uh, payroll, obviously, cap considerations aren't a concern in this imaginary uh, scenario we're talking about here, but whose roster would you want to start with going into the 2020 offseason, the Dolphins or the Redskins? He'd absolutely say the Redskins. Well, uh, also a thing that hurt them terribly was the Trent Williams situation. This is an elite left tackle. And he's angry at the organization because he had an injury issue that the organization either misdiagnosed or, quote, lied to him about, unquote. And, you know, now he's he doesn't trust anyone and he wants no part of the Washington Redskins. But that is an elite guy that is decided to turn his back on you as an organization. Yeah, that, and that sort of speaks to the culture issue we were talking about. And you have conversations with anyone who's covered that team, anyone who's worked for that team, anyone who's who spent time even rooting for that team. Uh, it starts at the top, right? I mean, Dan Snyder is very good at squeezing every penny possible out of a once very proud, very popular brand. Look, the, 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 the waiting list for FedEx Field was, was, was as long as my arm back in, you know, 10, 15 years ago to, to get a seat in that ticket, get a seat in that stadium. And uh, and then on Sunday, the Patriots came down, and it was a legit home game. I mean, there were probably 70% Patriots fans in that building. And they've changed coaches. They've changed players. They've even changed personnel guys. The one constant stands Snyder. And until he either has a huge change of M.O. or sells the team, the underlying issues I don't think are going to go away. You're listening to Redskins In-Depth podcast <laughs> on the Dolphins In-Depth podcast at the Miami Herald. Look, um, you were at the practice earlier this week when the Dolphins uh, returned from their bye, and you gleaned what from guys who are possibly going to rejoin the team on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, the, the bye is a time to get healthy. And the Dolphins are definitely trending in that direction. I'd say the only potential starter that uh, is in real danger of missing the game is Jakeem Grant, uh, who's been dealing with a hamstring that he tweaked a couple weeks ago. But Alan Hearns, even though he is in uh, the concussion protocol still, or at least he was yesterday, uh, he seems to be trending in the right direction. Barring a step back, I could see him playing. Bob McCain, Jamal Wills, all these guys, Jesse Davis, uh, Albert Wilson, Players that missed uh, week four should be back for week six. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it on paper, if there's a time for the Dolphins to mess up and win a game, and and I know we can get into this because I, I enjoyed your column, that you in your mind messing up and winning a game is not messing up. But if you're worried about the, getting the number one pick overall and you look at the landscape and you think, oh, the Jets, the Redskins, and the Bengals, the Dolphins play those teams four times, that's the chance of four wins right there for Miami. Are they going to get the number one pick? Um, this this is definitely – if you're on Team Tank and you, and you want them to ensure getting the number one pick, um, this is a danger zone. In fact, I wrote last week, Armando, that as crazy as it might sound, the outcome of this game uh, on Sunday uh, could go a long way in, in determining the next 15, 20 years of this franchise because if they end up with the third pick instead of the first – 
they don't get their choice of quarterbacks. We've seen sometimes there is a real drop-off between number one and number two, and this entire exercise would have been for naught. I love you, bro, but, you know, I'm just over the whole you got to have number one to be good because, Mm -hmm. frankly, um, number one overall picks uh, in the the common era in this century, uh, you know, you've got no guarantee whatsoever of success. Uh, Let me put an example to you. The last time that two teams were kind of, sort of involved in a tanking situation was 2011. And everybody wanted to suck for luck. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Suck for luck. So the Dolphins were all in it, even though they didn't know it at the time. They weren't actually doing it on purpose. It was organic. And it was terrible early on. And then they, you know, because Chad Henney, by the way, is not a good quarterback in the NFL. And then they put in Matt Moore later in the season, and he won a couple of games. He won like three or four games for the team or with the team. And the Indianapolis Colts, meanwhile, continued to suck for luck because they didn't have Peyton Manning. And if they didn't have Peyton Manning, they had nothing. So they get Andrew Luck. The Miami Dolphins get Ryan Tannehill. And Dolphin fans have the nerve, the nerve right now to say, we should have sucked for luck. Look what greatness it would have wrought. And this is the greatness that it would have wrought, Adam. In 2019, Ryan Tannehill is off the Miami Dolphins, the team that drafted him. He won zero championships. The first-round pick that the team used for him was a disappointment. In 2019, Andrew Luck is off the team that drafted him. He won zero championships, and the first overall pick that the team used for him wrought nothing, no championships. So you tell me, when you even have a player that is – a home run every day of the week, and it still doesn't guarantee you of anything. What's the point? I have a great comeback, but first, Armando, we have to pause because we have sponsors now, and we need to hear from them. All right, you're ready. I'm going to count down. Yeah. In three, two, one. Well, the great discussion here is sucking for luck, going to the number one pick, tanking for Tua. Was it a lost cause for the, 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 the Colts, who now their quarterback is out of the league? I understand your point, Armando, and totally I get it. The number one pick guarantees you nothing. But I would ask you this. If you were the Dolphins and you were offered the chance of having the success the Colts did and getting within a game of the Super Bowl, which they were, and having winning seasons and the chance to win every single year that he was available, and then maybe not squandering it with an awful offensive line that got him crushed and didn't force him into retirement, I think they would take that. Nothing is guaranteed. Number one pick certainly is no guarantee of of winning at all. Jared Goff helped the Rams get to the Super Bowl. They didn't win at all. But I would say this, and and again, I totally get what you're saying. There's probably really good options not named Tua in the draft. But if you're Chris Greer, and let's be honest, his entire career depends on getting this choice right. 
I mean, he, he has to get this quarterback right, or he's going to be gone. He knows this. And if he is gone, it's really hard as a GM to get a second chance. There's a lot of retread uh, coaches out there. There aren't a lot of retread general managers. And so if you have one chance to get it right, wouldn't you want to guarantee yourself the opportunity to take the guy you think is the best candidate to be your quarterback, that you don't have to take somebody's leftovers? And if after you're number, if you're the number three pick, the number two pick, you're taking the leftovers because if, assuming that Tua doesn't fall and something crazy doesn't happen, but let's say Tua is their, their pride and joy, is the guy they want to build around. Um, if he, he, there is going to be part of Chris Greer going forward. If they mess up and win two, three, four games, they end up with a third, fourth pick. They don't get the quarterback they most covet, and they don't have the success he needs to keep his job because of it. All right, so uh, break down what you just said. The part about if they mess up and win two, three, four games, you know what the chances of that are? Not good. <laughs> like like 2%. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, come on, man. They're not going to win two, three, four games. They're not. They're just not. <laughs> what, is 27-year-old Dan Marino walking through that door or what? I, uh, you, don't think, you, you don't think that it could beat the Redskins and split with the Jets? Uh, I think that it's interesting, and maybe we should discuss the Jets a little bit. So Adam Gase is getting roasted in New York, right? Because mm-hmm. the Jets are just as winless and just as pathetic looking as what the Dolphins are looking like right now, uh, except that they're not tanking, and the Dolphins are doing this on purpose. So it's a bad look for Adam Gase in the nation's largest media market and the financial capital of the world. Having said that, his quarterback's not played mm-hmm. except for one game. Mm-hmm. And the one game he played, they took a, a lead late into the fourth quarter. So against a team that's 4-1 and one right now. So slow your roll. Uh, <laughs> the Jets suck. You know what? Um, their middle linebacker, or one of them, C.J. Mosley, he's missed three games. Uh, uh, Osemele, their guard, one of their big free agent guard pickups, he's missed the last two games. Their tight end, he's been on suspension and hasn't played. And that quarterback that we talked about, he's missed four games. So uh, the Jets look really putrid, but they're going to kick the Dolphins' ass. I would say probably. Uh, but I would make this argument, and we both obviously think a lot of Adam Gase. I thought that he should have not been fired. I thought that he deserved an, at least one more year here. But did you watch Steelers-Ravens on on, uh, on Sunday? I did. You obviously saw the hit that happened to Mason Rudolph. Did, yeah. you, see, did you see what – Devlin Hodges, who was a nobody, who wasn't even supposed to be on the roster, uh, did. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty good because the Steelers have a good group of surrounding players, and they had some pretty creative play calling. Are you going to tell me that Devlin Hodges is any better than Luke Falk or whoever it is that the Jets are going to start a quarterback this week? No. Yeah. that's the, you, you, you think he is? I think that Luke Falk should not be in the NFL. He's... He has as much chance to succeed as an NFL quarterback as you 
<laughs> he is awful. He is terrible. So you think, you think Devin Hodge is that? I can't believe we're debating this. This is a fantastic argument. This podcast has gone in the direction ever I thought it would be. But you, you think there's a huge difference in talent between a dude who I didn't hear of. I, I'd never heard of Devin Hodges before Sunday. I don't know if you had. I had never heard of the guy. Uh, oh, dude, you don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, he's very popular in the Hodges household at dinner time. He's there all the time. I will give you a dollar tomorrow at Dolphins Camp if you can tell me what school he attended. Um, I, it's, um, Samford. Oh, my God. Did you Google that? No, I didn't. How can I Google that? <laughs> Point two seconds. Come on now. Voice recognition. That's awesome. Congratulations. I owe you a dollar. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Interest-bearing loan by tomorrow, it should be a dollar and three cents. So, uh, look, Adam Gase's major problem is he he trusts himself too much, and he thinks Adam Gase once told me this is a true story. Okay, remember when Tannehill went down in 2017 uh, in the third day of training camp or the fourth day of training camp? And everybody's like, oh, my God, who are they going to get? Who are they going to sign? Who are they going to find? He was like, look, I've got a plan, but honestly, it's handled. I can make you look good as the quarterback (laughs) of the Miami Dolphins. He's saying this to me. To me. Wasn't wasn't part of the quote a tree stump as well? I think there was a tree stump he threw in there as well. I'm telling you, well, a tree stump would probably do a better job at playing quarterback than I would. So (laughs) there's that. Uh, But the point is, that's his mentality. It's wrong, by the way, but that is his confidence level. And it obviously transferred over to Luke Falk, who plays like a tree stump. (laughs) Terrible. He is the worst. And I can't believe that Adam Gase actually rolled him out there and thought that he had a chance. He's awful. Uh, What this tells me is that um, he thinks Jay Cutler is done. Because (laughs) I can't imagine that he thought a better option uh, and Jay Cutler was the quarterbacks were the quarterbacks that he's thrown out there in the last couple of weeks. Well, uh, you know, it, it, I, I look. He thought that Sam Darnold was going to be ready for this last game, mm-hmm. and gave Sam Darnold, I think, like ninety five percent of the snaps in practice last week, <laughs> and then oops. On Friday and Saturday, no, he's, his spleen is still <laughs> his spleen is still enlarged and therefore cannot play in an NFL game because it could explode if he gets hurt uh, or hit in the wrong manner. So that kind of ruined all the plans of Sam Darnold playing, and in in comes. Luke Tree Stump Falk. <laughs> well, the, you know, now I know uh, the way to get out of covering practice this week if I, if I want a quote-unquote sick day is, hey, Mondo, I can't come into work. My spleen's going to explode. <laughs> that is, uh, bro, it's, it's a, I guess it's a mono thing, but that is, in fact, the reason that, that they gave for Sam Darnold not playing. But my, the greater point, I think, is uh, if you're counting on – a victory over the Jets, 
Mm, ah, slow your roll on that. I don't see that necessarily. By the way, I look at Cincinnati. I think that the Dolphins are better coached than Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but the Bengals have more talent than the Dolphins. Unless they go completely in tank mode and just shut everybody down. Yeah, I, I mean, Mike Brown is going to do that. He's yeah. old school. Yeah. That's, you know, t- complete tank, that's something that somebody like Steve Ross embraces. Mike Brown, whose father was Paul Brown, who was one of the fathers of, you know, the NFL and AFL, uh, I don't see that. All right, well, let's put a bow on this, Armando. Let's get back to the task at hand. Does the seven-game losing streak for the Miami Dolphins end on Sunday? Oh, you're asking for a prediction. Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand where you're going. Yeah, no, I don't see the Dolphins winning on Sunday. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the Redskins are still a better team than the Dolphins, even with all the, the garbage they've gone through. And, look, we've seen the second halves. We've seen how these games have unfolded. And we we kind of had a thought that maybe the, the Ravens, the, the Cowboys, and the Chargers were better than they've proven to be. I mean, the, the, the teams that have beaten the Dolphins by 137 points, Armando, are 9-7 and seven against teams not named the Miami Dolphins. And four of those wins are by the New England Patriots. So right. the, other, the other three teams – are just okay. They're not great, but they're just okay. And they pummeled the Dolphins. Absolutely pummeled them. So yeah, I, I do think the, the, this is the this will be one of the two or three best chances of the year for the Dolphins to win. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. One more thing that people should consider. Um, so in 2015, the Miami Dolphins fired uh, Joe Philbin. Four games, five games into the season. I forget which one it was. And they looked around and they had no one that really deserved to be the head coach or the interim head coach. And so they, they picked their tight end coach, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't even remember his name. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, right. So that team, uh, problematic as things were, for about a week or two, they got a lift. They got a pick-me-up based on the change and the, you know, the the swerve. They got their swerve for about a couple of weeks based on emotion and motivation and rah-rah and Dan Campbell is, you know, bench-pressing cars uh, between reps at practice. The, the Washington Redskins, they will have a similar lift because – They've gotten rid of a coach that players liked but didn't love. And they now have a coach in Bill Callahan who's coached a team to the Super Bowl as a head coach. The The point is expect that little lift from the Redskins this week just in time for a visit to the Miami Dolphins. I'm excited to see it. I am excited to see the Dolphins play a team that they're somewhat evenly matched with, and and hopefully we have a game in the fourth quarter and we 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 have we have some drama because it'll be a nice change of pace. It'll be interesting. We appreciate you joining us this week again for the edition of Redskins in Depth <laughs> with Adam Beasley and Armando Salguero. Next week it'll be who they play next week, Adam. The Bills. Oh my. 
That'll be interesting. Uh, anyway, so we appreciate you joining us. Tune in next week. <laughs>